To Hell with the Hot Dish represents the opinions and musings of three not overly intelligent pastors working to challenge a church long defined by a cliché casserole culture. The thoughts expressed here are their own and not necessarily the thoughts of any larger institution. So feel free to find your seat, stow all expectations for answers in the overhead compartment, and join us on this misguided adventure. This is To Hell with the Hot Dish. that we have affectionately titled To Hell with the Hot Dish. Lauren, stop moving my paints around. You can hear it. Alex, don't tell me what to do. I'm Alex. That's Lauren. He's loud. We're recording. I'm loud? Excuse me. You listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been accused as being the loud one on this podcast. Lauren, I'm the quietest person. Hey, folks, you don't have a volume problem with your podcast. Alex is whispering. Okay, stop it. Let's really do Hey, everyone. This is a podcast that, that we sometimes run and put out. And, and sometimes, sometimes we don't, apparently. And sometimes we apparently don't. Well, that's because that's cause Thanksgiving really I kicked think me in the, in the patootie this time. Yeah, you eat too much? Uh, no, here's what happened. So, we went to Delaware to see family. Hi, my brother, Chris Hoops. I don't know if he listens to this show anymore. Yeah, I don't Anyways, know if a lot of people do. Listen. I think they all fell off. Oh, no. Because of our lack of consistency. Our our lack of commitment. Anyways, uh, we went to Delaware to see family. My brother just finished his last chemo treatment, his chemo and radiation. So it was a big family celebration. And the kids got sick while we were there. I got to go to an emergency room in Delaware, which is fun because Harvey had a 105 fever. Wow. So they were like, hey, seizures can happen at that point. So anyways, real lame. In that department, really great to see family. Um, what did you do for Thanksgiving, Lauren? We went to uh, family. Lauren, speaking of the microphone. We went to you... family in uh, <laughs> northern Kentucky. We went down to the farm and had Thanksgiving, had a great meal, had a great time. Great you know visit. what they say about Kentucky and Thanksgiving? What's that? Wild bourbon turkey. Wild bourbon turkey? Is that a thing they say? No. Okay. I've never heard it. Sounds good. Yeah. But um, uh, no, it was a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> but folks, you know, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being loyal listeners. This is what I think it's going to be like our 80th episode. But if you count the mini episodes, it's almost 90 or so episodes we've done. And yeah. sometimes we've been really faithful and sometimes we've uh, we've not been so faithful with putting out regular episodes. But we thank you for hanging in there and tuning in and, and um, giving us some support with your listens. We hope it's adding value to your life. And today, if it's not, let us know. If it's not, they probably just tuned out, Alex. <laughs> just let us know. <laughs> they probably tuned nope, out. Nope, got no feedback. Looks uh, like it's still crushing it. Kyle's not here today because uh, he's a busy man. He's a, he's, a, he's a He's a big time pastor and he's really busy. Kyle's a busy boy. Yep. So Kyle's a busy boy. The question for today, Alex, is how are you? Uh, how are you getting ready? How are you waiting for that baby Jesus? How are you waiting for that baby Jesus? I don't think the microphone's picking up your voice. The baby's coming. It's coming. Baby 
Jesus is coming, Lauren. And I got to ask you first. Yep. I have to ask you, how are you preparing for the arrival of this sweet baby boy? Diapers full, man. Right. Well, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, we're in the season of Advent and we're coming in. Yeah, we're pretty much in the season of Advent now. It's like, it's legit. And, you know, the first reading for this coming week, it might be a week behind when you're listening to this, though. Uh, I think it's Deuteronomy. But it was talking about, yeah, how we're the clay, God is the potter, you know, and how our lives are molded and formed by God, who's the potter. But before that, it talks about how, or no, it's Isaiah. It's out of Isaiah. What am I talking about? It talked about how um, the person writing was asking for God to come and like like fire to kindling wood or like uh, fire to water to make it boil. Ooh. And that image has been in my mind all week because um, I have to preach this weekend. And I've been thinking a lot about how, how the, se- yeah, the season of Advent is that time of active preparation for the coming of Christ. And for us, um, it's Christ coming again or for the world being restored with the fullness of Christ. And so for me, the question I'm asking myself is what needs boiled in my life? Like what, what, what water needs What's to go it? from lukewarm? Uh, where does the temperature need to rise? Like what, this ain't a cooking podcast. Right. What, where does the temperature need to rise? Or what is God trying to ignite? What is that holy unrest within me? The things that I long for or our world is longing for that uh, we can actively work towards that would be a glimpse of what the kingdom will look like when Jesus comes. So for me, it's that image of like boiling water that for me, I don't know about you, but like being in suburban ministry in Cincinnati, Ohio, I often feel like one of the prophetic words that, that is often in the back of my mind is trying to offer a word that challenges suburbanites into thinking about moving beyond benign ambivalence, just like things are good, things are happy, but I'm kind of ambivalent about, faith or life or church or culture, we just get sucked into that in our world and in our culture about a lot of things. Like, I think the new normal is the sense that like the world's broken. I can't tell you how many times I'm hearing this sense. It's so like like, jacked up. The world is so jacked up and there's so many things wrong with the world. I don't think it's more than any other time. Probably not, but it's become, whether through the constant news cycle or social media or whatever, like the, the new response that I find in myself and I hear other people reflecting is that the world is just so messed up that like we're becoming just paralyzed and then benignly ambivalent about all the world's problems. And so right. like normally during Advent, we might ask a question like, uh, what is broken in the world? What are we waiting for Christ to redeem? Oh. All those things. And we might actually be moved to really think about something. This year, though, I find it even harder because it's like the whole ship is off course. Well, you like, think, doesn't that take on a, pol- like with what's happening in the world and how the news cycle is generally like dominated by politics, by policy issues, by us versus them. I've, I've said it lately. Like, it seems like anything that's being said by anybody in a position of power is a backhanded attempt to put their thumb in someone else's eye. Yeah. Like, no one can just take things for things anymore. Everything's an attack on them or someone else or, ooh, do you hear that? It's kind of like, it's it a just defense so. Or, it's a defense or a retort or a yes. this or that. But for me, like, spiritually here as people of the, the Christian walk, like, what, what I'm trying to wrestle with is, um, well, if you say something we needs to be fixed, well, how do we, yeah, wrong. yeah, and how do you combat then the overwhelming sense that things are broken? How many times have you heard people say recently, like, "Oh, yeah, the world is so messed up," and we've been saying that for a while? Oh, yeah, okay, Southern Springs, Texas, Las Vegas, New York, uh, the bombing in Egypt, all these things, all these Ugh. bad, hurt, natural disasters, all these things that feel so overwhelming. 
they can almost um, create the sense in us that is like, you know what, then I'm just going to like uh, retrieve into the world of Netflix my own like Punisher came out like I'm just going to retrieve into a world where I pretend that none of that really exists. And over time, what it does is it creates us. We're just like this, these benignly ambivalent people to real suffering and real problems. So for me, the question is out of Isaiah, that text for this coming week, like the people are crying out They're They're crying. The, the prophets crying out saying, Drinking God, tears send, by the actually, actually ignite a fire and make water boil. Like, so for me, it's like, and we can't manufacture that, but we have a role in that. And I'm trying to figure that out. Like God ignites. That's quite the preparation, Lauren. Right. I'm a, see, that's well, where I typically am. Like uh, today we had that question, like some folks that, that staff at our, our church were just asking, like, how, what is this time? What does it look like in, in preparation? And I immediately went where you did immediately in my head. I'm like, I'm just thinking about like what it means to do this. And this time where we can't say anything without it feeling like it's a thumb in somebody else's eye, where if I say the thing, uh, what's broken in the world, someone's going to go, how dare you assume, you know, finally we're back on track is what someone's going to say. You know, they're going to take that personally as if I'm talking politics or something. I admitted I'm falling into the as I think about preparing for Advent, I really do think about the physical. Maybe it's because I have kids. The physical the return I, of Christ. Yeah, I'm literally talking to uh, what we're doing is planning like the physical time together, in terms of like we have a little Advent calendar where last time we put in little slips of paper, prayers, requests, stuff like that, um, or we wrote something kind about one another, or we did these kind of things where we were trying to grow right. that light. A lot of our Advent, I would I would say about me is, you're talking water boiling. I'm talking about light and darkness. I really that image for me is yep. so huge, yep. and I'm seeing my responsibility now as a parent of like how am I fostering light bringers? You know, like right. people who do the things that Jesus did in terms of bringing kindness and mercy. So, um, for me, preparation has been a very physical act. When really, I would say my personality type is to do this all in my head. Right. Like, let me put the right music on. Let me get in the right headspace. All my sermons and all my work and my Bible studies I'm doing, they're all going to kind of take on this, like, very specific theological thing I'm talking about. But I'm realizing, I think I'm being drawn to something less natural for me, which is spiritual practice in this of, like, how am I going to convey this story to my children? How am I, who's going to be very kind of tied up in this season, busy, gets really hectic? How am I, like, honoring the light given to me? In terms of like, you have a, a, a family, you have this person who you're on mission with, who you're married to, just this, of one flesh, you know, like I want a way to focus that into how do I bring light? That's great. I think for me, it's a big challenge of how do I shake myself out of what can sometimes be a very tense season in terms yeah. of energy. Uh, there's so much. Not, I mean, like I have a daughter in dance. That's going to be a thing where it's like, I'm so excited about like their little pageants or yeah, whatever yeah. but also that means there's more practices that yeah. means we're my daughter's in gymnastics tonight right you, you just run around you have busy schedules how in the midst of every one of those am i maintaining a a, a lens yeah of light? that's great bring light as jesus brings light i i think it's so cool like and i think that's something maybe we can encourage our listeners to think about like this advent season is, can you yeah. like, can you find a metaphor can you find symbolism that can focus you on this journey towards yes. Christmas. Like, so for you, it's light and dark. I had the water boiling. I have another one though. I'm going to share it now. Do it. This will probably come out 
after our, my sermon this weekend, but um, for those that might be listening from my church, but Hi. for the children, I was playing with Brianna the other day. I had this Isaiah text in my mind about God being the potter and we're the clay. And uh, Brianna got some new Play-Doh. <laughs> and uh, every time she plays with Play-Doh, lo and behold, I realized when we're putting it away, like a day later that I missed a piece of Play-Doh. And there's always a piece on their shoe. There's always a piece somewhere. And you ever leave Play-Doh out too long, what happens to it? Dries out. It dries out. It becomes hard, right? So like <clears throat> I got to Jesus. thinking well, I got to thinking about that metaphor and how I'm gonna bring Play-Doh. I'm gonna leave some out that's dried um, for my children's sermon. I'm gonna have some that's fresh. And I'm gonna talk Ooh. with the kids about Play-Doh and how in the season of Advent and for, for God's people, whether they were enslaved in Egypt or whether it's us now who are waiting for the second coming of Christ, or maybe it's you personally who's waiting for a redemption in some area of your life, something to be restored, a relationship, um, financially, your health, whatever it is, during long periods of waiting, it's really easy for us to feel like we've been abandoned and, right. and left out. And often when we feel abandoned or left out, like Plato, that's left out, our hearts get hardened. Like Plato gets hardened. Mm, that's a good you image. Know, like it, it's, a, it's a fun image. And and so, how do you soften up hardened Plato? Well, there's a couple ways. You can sprinkle some water on it. There's a great baptismal reference somewhere. Oh my god! Oh my god! Pastor geek nerd, Jeez, nerd alert. This is good. Or you can add more Play Doh to it. If it hasn't been left out too long, if it's not that hard, you can add fresh Play Doh to it. Just and knead it, it in. So sometimes, like what what a metaphor for you know, like right now, if your heart feels hardened towards something. Oh my gosh! Like, do you need reminded of of your baptismal covenant in some real tangible way, water, or do you need? Another form of healthy life, so a, healthy person, into you. a healthy community. When you add healthy Play-Doh to hardened Play-Doh, the healthy Play-Doh takes over and is dominant. Mm-hmm. It isn't the hardened Play-Doh that takes over and corrupts the so we need a healthy. community. You need a community. You need that healthy molding. Lord! So I'm, I've been, yeah, it's going to be a fun sermon. Oh, jeez. Hey, everybody, if you're using this, TM, TM. This is a Lauren trademark. This is send, a Lauren trademark. You can send $5 to, yep. to Health Hot Dish Studios. Right. Kyle, that's and for I'm Lauren. Sure, I'm sure there's someone out there who's going to, like, poke a hole in my metaphor, and I get it. Okay, you're theologically... Get a grip! You're theologically smarter than me. Just let it work, okay? Just be cool for three seconds! But I got to thinking a lot about, like, how our hearts get hardened at times, I want to be careful to say, like, we're not the sole actor. We're not solely responsible for softening our own hearts. No. That God can do that. But how how is it that we actually keep our hearts hardened? Like, right. we're often resistant to allowing God to soften our hearts. And for, this, this is what I'm talking about with light, is the how are you, how are you resisting that sort of impetus of, of darkness. I mean, it really just like, it just feels like a constant barrage of buzzkills when everybody's at odds with one another. You're right. just like, geez, Louise, like, can we be cool for three seconds together and recognize we have so much more that unites us than divides us? Can we say that about like our hope right. for, for this kingdom come right. this red pew, blue pew nonsense. We're, we're disciples, man. We're all trying to imitate Jesus. We're doing our best here. Well, the other, how do we grow light? That's what this was. How do we grow light? I think if you're drinking your tears by the bowlful, that's not God's hope. There's no award for being miserable with the state of the world. There is an, like an invitation though, to not ignore that, but to walk into that, to be light in darkness. 
And I think that one of the other things with that Plato reference with how, how then do you grow lighter, keep growing that light, you, you have to let yourself like a piece of Play-Doh continually be molded and t- like like that that reference out of Isaiah of God being the potter and we're the clay like how does how does Plato okay well, how does Plato get hardened yeah. one it's isolated it's by itself and left out two it isn't touched it isn't played with it isn't molded are you resistant to being molded and changed and pushed and pulled now leave it and on like the you plate. actually have to like to actually stay healthy in this silly image you actually have to allow yourself to be pushed and stretched and pulled and rolled and like you have to be able to be shaped and that's a really big discipleship question for everyone are you shapeable are you teachable have you changed your thought has your mind been renewed by the holy spirit in the last year in the last six months or or have you continued to just believe and think and act the exact same now this isn't all on you this is like law heavy but it does say like i do think that at times we we can put up a pretty big fight against being shaped and molded and i'm 32 years old i'm pretty sure i got it all figured out yeah you're probably right yeah why are we doing this anyway? what are we even i've seen some things let's just forget this and go eat some hot dish let's i could use some hot dish right now just you know what i got an award last year world i got an award last year i actually got this award when i was baptized i was a little baby Uh, said perfect disciple just done just done no none no work needed no shaping needed perfect pot and you know what so far so ain't changed my mind on nothing yet (laughs) like see like that attitude is sadly a real attitude um in our in, in, in every faith in every, anywhere outside I've, I've figured it out and everything so with this season uh yeah i think we're i i think it's healthy for us to ask ourselves how are we being changed how are we resisting we, we uh, should be the, a people that. who yearn for righteousness not to earn god's favor but because we're so caught up in the vision god has painted for what the world could be right. like are we a we're people so that hunger and yearn for righteousness That's are we it. a people that cry out and say it, it could be better, and we could be an active Or just cultural critics yelling, it's not righteous! Or are we just trolls? Are we just trolling other people? <laughs> are we, you know, I don't know, it's hard. Whatever, but God can use all of us, right? For sure. I believe it. Uh, so do I. Do you believe it? I'm ready. Yay! Well, so find your image, folks. Water yeah. boiling, light and darkness, Play-Doh. I don't know. Come up with your own. Let spaghetti. us know what it is. I don't know how it works. But spaghetti. It's spaghetti. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to our, uh, our brief episode today. It's a little brief. And uh, our mini-sode. Minnesota. 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 Oh, yeah. Minnesota. It's our mini-sode. So, uh, if you're listening in Minnesota, you're welcome. Let's go out for a rip. All right, bud. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. As always, oh. we mixed it up. Oh, my gosh. We started doing our Bible Besties send-off. Oh, we did. If you're not listening to Bible Besties, what are you doing? I'm doing it wrong. Get on there. BibleBesties.com. And as always, tell with the hot dish. Tell with the hot dish.